0: this my dear brother let every person be slow to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God James 1 19 20 that's the ESV version thank you Dave, Dave got it Anybody else got James 119 and 20? Care to stand up and recite it? I did. How about it? Anybody got it? That was your assignment this week. Me and Dave's only one done. It. Y'all weren't here? Oh, But you saw it on live stream, right? <laughs> all right. All right. There uh it was it was good to memorize that. I'm gonna give you another one this week, along with one more assignment. I hope we have a little better participation in this. I'll get to you. It's gonna be in the middle of the sermon. I hope everybody's met my friend Dave. And Dave did bring up an interesting point. Y'all, you guys may not know James's backstory why he hadn't been here. James had surgery on his on his neck uh, back here to replace some disc, and they went in the front and. Uh, some, some done some traumatized his muscles, and so James has uh, had to have another surgery, and, and all these had a feeding tube in, and and so he's had a tough time getting over this, but he's over it. That's he's over over it, or still recovering, I should say, and he's here, and that's why I don't want y'all hugging him. Amen. Amen. I just didn't want to go out through all that, so I said that's because I said so. <laughs> but anyway, so I had to go through it for Dave and for y'all. Along with this physical pandemic uh, going on, there is a spiritual and emotional pandemic going on, too, caused by this disruption uh, in our lives. Uh, Lives uh, around the globe have been uh, turned upside down. And guys, long after this vaccine, folks are still going to be feeling it. I was telling them outside, at least, the, 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 the silver cloud in all this, at least folks around town have stopped talking about the blizzard of 1993. <laughs> Amen? And now they're talking about 2020. 2020's had a lot going on, hasn't it? But there's a lot of stress caused by this. that's why you know I'm in this series of faith that works when life don't we're looking at uh, different negative emotions and getting some practical steps from the Bible on how to deal with it we're primarily coming from the book of James and James is is like the the New Testament Proverbs if you will there's only five chapters and 108 verses into some practical steps in life um, if you haven't heard these, like we're in part 7 today, something like that. If you haven't heard any of these or, or watched them, I urge you to go back and watch them online or, or listen to them on podcast and uh, just just go to our, our Facebook page and do that or go to our podcast, Podbean and Stitcher or something like that. And uh, But today we're going to talk about a path that leads to emotional health and I'm going to give you ten principles, ten commandments, if you will. Uh, I'm going to do five this week and five next week, so I don't have you here all day. But I want to point out a couple of things before we get started. Everybody, the first thing I want to tell you is, everybody doesn't have the same level of stress. Everybody don't have the same level. And also, secondly, everybody doesn't respond to, to stress in the same way. I've heard uh, the people say this. I've even heard it on on the TV. They kind of allude to we're all in the same boat. That ain't true. That ain't true. That's not true. We're not all in the same boat. We're in the same storm. But we're not in the same boat. You, you know, because if you think about it, some folks are in a yacht. You know, they're still doing good, maybe even better. If you look around, and then some folks are in a rowboat. They've lost their job. Maybe lost their home. You know, if they lost their home, they're not even in a rowboat. They're like on a float. And And, and so we're not in the same boat. We're in the same storm, so we need to be sympathetic to that. Amen. Each, each came into the crisis, this crisis, with different levels of emotional, physical, and spiritual reserves. And 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 if you're if you had a lot built up before March, you're doing okay, I would think, right? You're doing okay, but if your tank was already half empty before the crisis, then today you're probably running on empty. Amen? If you already had a lot going on, you, you know, some of your emotional tanks may be empty. But I want you to know I care about you. Your, your church family cares about you, and we're trying to figure out ways that we can help. This is the way that, that I can help is to teach, and, and and but we're trying to figure it out. And and. And because I know that if you're not spiritually healthy, you cannot be emotionally healthy. You just can't be. You can't be spiritually uh, mature if you're emotionally immature. And every da- every day that this crisis continues, your e- emotional reserves are being drained. Amen? They're being drained every day. Every day. Ongoing stress. I'm going to tell you what it does. It just chips away at your reserves. So, the next two weeks I want to talk to you about that are very important for your emotional health. For your emotional health. Romans 12 11 12 the top of your outline. I love the message translation. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Don't quit in hard times. Instead, pray all the harder so the Bible tells us we've got to keep ourselves fueled fueled and I'm going to show you in these 10 principles these 10 commandments how to stay emotionally healthy during this COVID and every one of them going to be from the Bible you're going to make it through you're going to make it through this pandemic if you follow them You, you know you You're not going to fall apart. So I urge you to take notes. Only five today. Number one, real quick, we're going to jump into it. Show grace to myself and others. We've got to show grace to myself and others. Treat yourself and other people the way that God treats you. Well, how how does God treat you? He treats you graciously. He treats you graciously. He bestows grace upon you and I. He gives you and I mercy. He forgives you and I. I'm so thankful that God always gives us what we need and not what we deserve. That's called grace. James 4, 6 says, God loves to give us more grace. He opposes the prideful, but he gives grace the humble grace to the humble why does God oppose the, the prideful and the arrogant why does he do that because they think that they can do it all themselves they think the prideful and the arrogant think that they don't need God the prideful and the arrogant think they don't need mercy and, and, and forgiveness but when we are humble, we admit that we don't have enough resources in ourselves to make it through. And when we're humble, God opens the floodgates of heaven and pours out His grace on us. A lot of difference there. Opposes the proud, pours, pours grace to the humble. I'm telling you guys, you don't the proud, you're, you're in a boxing match with God and you ain't got long enough arms to do that God expects you and me to treat yourself ourselves and others the same way giving them grace giving them grace and if I could tell you anything else today cut yourself some slack cut yourself some slack cut others some slack I want to tell you today that everybody's having a tough time right now Everybody's having a tough time right now. Be kind. Be kind. I've seen more people be mean to people wearing a mask just for wearing a mask and vice versa. Be kind whether you wear one or not. I've seen people question folks' faith because they have a mask on. Be kind, be kind to yourself and others. Forgive yourself. I want to tell you something. Everyone's worn out. Everyone's worn out. The second commandment is this. Start and end each day refueling my soul. Start and end each day refueling my soul. What is the soul? It's our mind. It's our will. It's our emotions. It's our ability to make choices. What our soul is, the way you think, feel, and the way you choose, that's your soul. See, you and me, we're not just a body. We're actually a soul with a body. And just as the soul or or the body needs to be fed every day, to stay healthy, so does our soul. So don't put your soul on a diet. Well, how do you refuel your soul? You get here's what you do: you get into God's word every day. Every day. James 121. By the way, this is your memory verse. James 121. That's supposed to be 21. It says to Humbly accept God's word planted in your heart. It is able to save your souls. It is able to save your souls, And if this book can save your soul, it can recharge you, it can refuel you, it can restore your soul. Recent studies have shown that the way you begin your day And the way that you end your day determine your attitude throughout throughout the day. Especially the morning. And I'm talking about just the first five minutes. So don't begin your day by picking up your phone. Don't begin your day by, by reading the news. Don't begin your day by turning on the TV. None of those things will feed your soul. I want to recommend that you do this, that you start a new habit that, that will help you be recharged every day. And I mentioned it last week, God's Word, first word, God's Word, last word. Pick a book out of the Bible to read it. Let it be the first thing you read in the morning just for a few moments and the last thing you read at night. And and I don't know how long you read it. Just read it until till his word speaks to you. It might be the first verse, it may be the 20th verse, but read it until it speaks to you. If you want somewhere to start, I've suggested it before. I would start in Philippians. One of the most encouraging Bibles in the in, 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 books in the Bible. Look what the uh, psalmist had to say about this, 92 2. Every morning, thank God for His love. And every evening, thank Him for His faithfulness. Every morning and every evening. Here's the third principle. Set and stick with a simple routine. Set and stick with a simple routine. Would you say our routines have been upset? Go, go Watch the kids as they go to school now. Our routines have been upset. Let me tell you something, what I know, predictability is an important stress reducer. Especially when everything is constantly changing. And stabilizing helps you refuel your tank. Nothing wrong with with a routine. I saw my wife get a little bit, I was kind of just experimenting yesterday. I saw my wife get a little bit stressed out. Just a little bit, it's not. She woke, she woke up that in the, uh, yesterday morning and, and I told her Friday, I said, I said, I'd like for you to go with me to Alabama. She said, she's okay. I said, be gone in the morning, be back after lunch sometime, baby. And so in the morning she got, she said, okay, where are we going? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I thought we would just ride. I knew where we was going. But I was kind of monkeying with her. I knew where I was going. And so I immediately saw her stretch out because the routine was messed up. And then she didn't have a destination. And so I said, I thought we'd go get breakfast. Okay, where? I don't know. <laughs> Phase two of messing with her. But we rode for a little while, and I said, why don't we go to Collinsville? We went to Collinsville for a little while, and then we uh, and and I'd already had this planned, and she's stressed out. And uh, I think we'll go by and see Sonny and Cindy. Now they surprised us by taking us out on the lake, and and we was on the boat, and she's all of a sudden just the stress was reduced. <laughs> and when we were headed home, it was even more after we stopped at Evans Store Parts and Deli. Y'all ever been there? Man, they got a parts store, a store, diesel fuel, gas, and a deli. It's the best place I've ever been to. But anyway, I I treat my women right, all right? There wasn't nothing stopping us. But anyway, Ephesians 5 15, 16 says, Carefully consider how you live. Live wisely, not foolishly. Make the most of your time. Because these are difficult, evil days. Live wisely. The Word says make the most of your time. And what that means is you need to have a routine. If you don't have a routine, you're just going to slip into sloppiness. You're going to slip into thoughtless, lazy days. Amen? You're going to be sleeping in. You're just not going to have no boundaries at all. Whether you you say you don't like routine or not, routine develops resilience. Routine develops resilience. Predictability creates stability. Amen? Structure creates steadiness. We say our kids need it. So do we. Adults need it too. But stick with the routine for the duration of this storm. That's all I'm asking. Stick with it. It will raise your emotional health. Number four. This is very practical here. Number four. Stop watching so much news. Stop watching so much news. It's all negative right now. For your own mental, emotional, and spiritual health, you need to monitor your media intake. I know it's easy to get glued to the internet, and I know it's easy to get glued to to, to Facebook and what's that other one? Instagram and and all that stuff, and it's easy to get glued to, to TV news. But if you fill your mind with constant images of negative news, it's going to deplete your emotional reserves, and it's going to raise your stress level. You don't need to hear the same negative story over and over and over. The Bible has a lot to say on focusing on what is helpful and not what is stressful. Matthew 6, 23 says, Jesus said this, Your eyes, is the lamp of the body. If your vision is good, your whole being will be full of light. But if you're focused on the bad, your life will be full of darkness. Write this down right here. What I see is what I become. Do you get that? What I see is what I become. Whatever you're filling your mind with, whatever you're putting in front of your eyes is what you're going to become. You're going to become that. You're adding stress by watching the news. You're going to be depressed, distressed. How many people believe everything that they see on TV? Give me that. How many people believe everything they read on the Internet? How many people believe everything they read in here? How come we spend more time watching stuff we don't believe? Listening to stuff we don't believe than we do reading what we do believe. It's just a thought. How come? There's no saying, garbage in, garbage out. I got to ask you, are you feeding on trash? Are you feeding on trash? Psalm 119, 37 says, keep me from paying attention to what is worthless. That's a good verse for social media, isn't it? You know, and, and, and I'll tell you, my problem is, is when I do get on there, I'm not going to lie. I watch too many of them little old videos. You know what I'm talking about? The little videos that you can get watching on. About two weeks ago, I started saying, was that worth my time? You know how you can, you can put a finger on it, it'll tell you it's like 9.03? Nine minutes, three seconds. I just wasted nine minutes and three seconds of my life. Was that really worth my time? And so I kind of started, before the video plays, I say, is this worth my time? I'll check the video, see how long it is. Is this really worth my time? So I'm trying to replace it with with something more positive, something more relaxing, like a nap. A nap is spiritual. (laughs) Read a book. You ever try to read a book? Do a puzzle. Take a walk. Anything but fill your mind with garbage. Begin some new family habits. Our family tries to meet once a week. And... They're trying to get me to play games. And I'm playing. I win every time, but I'm playing. I'm not winning all of them. But what if every family restored their family meals together? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Like we used to eat every night. Our family... Our kids have moved out, so we're just trying to do it once a week. But what if you and the kids that were home ate every night? A family meal. Of course, then you'd stress over what to cook. Get a sandwich. But, you know, some families are even watching this together that are not here. Did y'all know that? They're getting together, and they're watching the live stream together. And then, from what I understand, they're getting together, and they're discussing it afterwards. And I think that's cool. that they're discussing there. So I want to wave to you guys. Thank you guys for coming. But but I, I like that. So ask yourself, what good habits could we start during this time? What good habits? And try to start those instead of slipping into some bad habits like sloppiness and doing nothing. Last one. This is going to be your homework. Schedule a daily connection with people I love. These are simple things. Schedule a daily connection with people I love. You need to stay connected to community. Our small group just started, what was it, a couple weeks ago? We just recently started getting back together just to see each other. We missed one another. And so we scheduled a time on Thursday evenings to get together. We're not even really discussing much of the Bible work. We just missed each other. We'll get to that. we talk about the sermon a little bit. But we just missed each other. We scheduled that. Write this down. I refill my cup by connecting with the people I love. I'm going to tell you, that little hour that I met this week with the with the small group and the and the hour I met with my family, my cup was runneth over. That's a fact that we refill our cup by reconnecting with the people I love. My emotional cup, my spiritual cup. You know how how are we gonna do this, especially if our family lives far off? Well, you got FaceTime, and now you got is it Zoom? You can you can get together, and call them up, and and. And I'll tell you what else you might do. A letter. Have you ever written a letter? This is an odd thing in this day and time that we write a handwritten letter. But man, it is. It's more personal, Dave. I got that one. It's more personal. It is. And when you get that, it's like a gift when you get a handwritten letter. Sit down and write someone a handwritten letter. It doesn't have to be long. But, but incredible. Paul wrote letters. Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote letters. Half of them became the New Testament. I mean, they became half of the New Testament is the way I should have wrote it. He was just writing letters to people that he loved and to people that he cared about. Write letters to the people you love and the folks that you care about. First Thessalonians 5.11 said, Speak encouraging words to each other. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. With no one left out and no one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep doing it. You ought to use social media for this. You ought to write a letter every once in a while. And, and I want to tell you something else. When someone says, call someone, don't text them. When someone says, hey, have you talked to so-and-so, we're not talking about text. I'm not talking about text now. I know a lot of you agree with me, a lot of you millennials will, but texting ain't talking. Texting ain't bonding. Texting is texting. I'm talking about actually call someone where you can hear their voice. And talk to them, and, and I'm not talking about just just for a minute. It'll be better for you, better for them, than some emoji. Amen. Although some of those little videos are nice, but I'm t- but but don't send them one of those either. Just talk, <laughs> call, call them just for a minute. So here's your homework. Here's your homework. Connect with two or three people. This week, just encourage them. Just encourage them. Just just connect with two or three people. Let it be a minute phone call if it has to be. Then if you want to, encourage them to contact two or three people. You know what that would be like? That would be like a wave. (laughs) If everybody done that, just a minute phone call. I'll I, be okay if you call me. I would remind you, look, we're not supposed to stay on here but a minute. Because <laughs> I don't like talk, talking on the phone either. I say, minutes up, dude. Thank you for all the encouragement. <laughs> call someone this way. Just reconnect. You're going to be amazed what it does for you and not just them. You know. Give people grace. Give people grace. Give yourself some grace this week. Forgive yourself. Forgive others this week. Be merciful. You know, folks that have received mercy are more merciful. People that have received forgiveness are more forgiving. People that have received grace are more gracious. As the musicians come up, let me read you this. Romans 12, 11, and 12. Let's end it with this. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Don't quit in hard times. Instead, pray all the heart. Remember your memory verse. What is it? James 4.6. No, it ain't. James James 1.21. I was just testing y'all. My Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the grace that you've given me. I thank you for the mercy. I thank you especially for the forgiveness. And now, Lord, help me treat others the same way. With grace and mercy and forgiveness. Lord, help me re- restore and, and build some new habits in my life this week. Lord, and I thank you that your word helped me to be a little slower to speak and a little slower to hear. Just those two made me slower to anger. And that the righteousness that I've shown was yours, not mine. Lord, prepare the folks that are going to receive phone calls this week to be encouraged. I pray that we start a wave. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.